Yo, what is going on, Cover 7 family? Welcome back to another episode here on the Cover 7 with the Mason Pierce podcast. And guys, in today's episode, episode 3 of our newest series here on the Cover 7 podcast, Catching Up with College Football. We're going to be talking some college football as we had a ton of transfer portal news. We had some head coaches getting some new gigs, most notably former Purdue head coach Jeff Brom going over to his alma mater, Louisville. And then we also have a ton of recruiting news. So guys, before we do get into all of that stuff, please make sure that you do like, comment, share, rate, do whatever you can just to make sure that we continue to spread the Cover 7 podcast so that everybody can stay up to date with anything college football and NFL related. Now, guys, I thank you so much for the support that you've shown on the past two Catching Up With College Football episodes, episode one and episode two. They've done pretty well, so I want to be able to continue to do this just because it gives us something to do in the off season. So, you know, instead of always having our previews and recaps and everything like that, we'll just kind of have like a weekly recap of all of the news that's gone down in the college football community and world. So, Anyways, y'all, we do have a decent amount of stuff we need to talk about, so I don't want to waste y'all's time, don't want to waste my time either, so let's get right into it. Now, to kick it all off, before we start talking about transfer portal recruiting and head coaching news, let's talk about the Heisman Trophy. Now, we had four finalists to get this one. We had USC starting quarterback Caleb Williams, who has had statistically one of the best years in USC in college football history. We also had um, Max Duggan, the starting quarterback at TCU, my TCU Horned Frogs, who's overcome a ton, right? You know, started the season as quarterback two behind former OU quarterback Chandler Morris. Chandler Morris goes down in the uh, first game of the season against Colorado. Max Duggan comes in and, well, leads TCU to a 12-1 and record and a college football playoff appearance. So, pretty deserving as well you also have Stetson Bennett the Georgia starting quarterback which was kind of a eye raiser in terms of you know Blake Corum and Hendon Hooker not being in there but regardless he still deserved it because of what he's been able to do with Georgia this year and last year as well and then the final contestant would be CJ Stroud the starting quarterback of Ohio State now when you really looked at who the trophy was going to be deciding between, right? Like normally it's a clear, you know, you either have one guy that's going to be guaranteed it, which was Caleb Williams really in this situation, or you have two guys, right, that really is kind of between. And in this case, the two guys that was really, you know, the deciding, two, the, the two finalists that really everybody knew was going to be between was going to be TCU quarterback Max Duggan and then USC quarterback Caleb Williams. Now with Caleb Williams, now, me being a little bit biased, so y'all can probably ignore it just a little bit. You know, I try to avoid bias But for me personally, I thought Max should have won, right? You know, when we talk about the Heisman Award, is supposed to be about showing character on and off the field, what you're able to do on the field. And, you know, maybe, you know, I know Max does not have the most flashy stats out there, right? Like with Caleb Williams, he definitely won this in terms of stats, right? Because on the season... 4,000 passing yards, 37 passing touchdowns, and four interceptions with a quarterback rating of 167.9, which is absolutely phenomenal, right? Like, that is probably something USC has not had in God knows how long. So, <clears throat> in terms of statistic-wise, Caleb Williams won this award, but when we look at success on the field, right, USC lost two times this year. Both of those times was to Utah, right? One in the middle of the season up in Salt Lake City, and then the most recent time they lost to him was in the Pac-12 championship game against Utah. So, But Caleb Williams, I'll give him credit. He still stayed in the game despite being really banged up. The defense really, I would say personally, probably lost them that game because Caleb Williams didn't even really play that bad against Utah. 
28 of 41, 363 yards passing with three touchdowns and one interception. So, But we all knew, especially after the Notre Dame game in which Caleb Williams just absolutely went off, that he pretty much had won this award. And, well, that would be the case as USC quarterback Caleb Williams, the, the now seventh USC Trojan to win the Heisman Trophy, wins the 2022 Heisman Trophy. So congratulations to Caleb Williams. I mean, he had a heck of a season. Don't get me wrong. He had a really good season, and they still have one more game, which I will be at. It'll be the Cotton Bowl against a really good Tulane team especially defensive-wise, which we've seen how much they struggle against really good defensive teams. So that'll be interesting to watch. But, yep, we have we have our we have our Heisman Trophy winner of the 2022 college football season, and it happens to be USC starting quarterback Caleb Williams. Now, y'all, let's get into some transfer portal news. That was really just the one major thing I wanted to talk about. So now let's get into some transfer portal news. And, well, we had some bitty – we had some bitty – we had some pretty big – High school recruits whose careers never really took off in college football decide to transfer. And the first one I want to talk about is going to be former five-star recruit and Oklahoma wide receiver Theo Weiss Jr. Now, Theo Weiss was a top 25 recruit coming out of his respective class. I think it was the class of 2018. And during his time at OU, never really got his foot going. Always was banged up. Never was really able to you know, just stay on the field consistently, right? And we saw it again this year. He got banged up. We saw it the year before and prior. You know, he showcased a lot of really good flash in the Cotton Bowl against Florida a few years ago during the COVID season. But after that, just really has not been able to get his foot going. So he's assigned to enter the transfer portal, has two years of eligibility left. And, well, on Sunday, he decided to announce that he will be joining Eli Drinkwitz in the Missouri Tigers, who they lost one of their best wide receivers in Dominic Lavette, who's going to likely end up going to the SEC, so or staying in the SEC, but just going to a bigger program. So for Missouri, this is a huge grab, right? Like if Theo Weiss can stay healthy, you've got yourself probably what's going to end up being one of the top wide receivers in the SEC. But the problem is, and once again, is if he can stay healthy. You know, you've got other talent around him. You got former five-star and number one wide receiver in the 2022 class in Luther Burden. So this Missouri offense can be really electric. You know, Brady Cook looked really good towards the end of the season for the Missouri Tigers, especially in that Arkansas game in which he had three rushing touchdowns and ran for just a buttload of rushing uh, rushing yards. So Missouri gets themselves a really good replacement wide receiver. You know, after losing Dominic Lavette, I still think he won't be able to probably give, give you as much production, but still will be a really good red zone guy and gives you a lot of length too. He's a really big guy. So Great pickup for Eli Drinkwitz and the Missouri Tigers. Now for our next transfer portal news I want to talk about, we're going to go up to Morgantown, West Virginia, as West Virginia quarterback JT Daniels, who never really got his foot in the right direction up in Morgantown, just never really seemed to be able to really connect and kind of have that bond, I guess you could say, with his wide receivers and really grasp the offense. Um, he's entering the transfer portal once again, so it's going to be now his second time entering the transfer portal as he's now going to be looking for his fourth team so or third time entering the transfer portal and looking for his fourth team so JT Daniels coming out of modern day high school five-star recruit arguably the top quarterback prospect in the 2018 class he's just never been able after you know the whole the whole Georgia situation when he went down to Athens was always kind of fishy right it seemed like not Jimbo Fisher it always seemed like Kirby Smart never really I don't want to say like JT Daniels, but never really trusted him to be a starting quarterback. Always would rather have Stetson Bennett, which has worked really well for him, right? They won a national championship last year. They're looking to win another one this year as well. So it makes sense why he wanted to go with Stetson Bennett, but 
always kind of covered it up with injury issues and everything like that. And, you know, when JT Daniels was starting at Georgia, he was 7-0, and which a lot of people don't really think about. He was still a really good starting quarterback during his time at Georgia. And, heck, even at USC before, he, you know, he ended up losing the job to Keaton Slovis. So he's still got all the talent in the world, right? He has a really good arm. But the problem is, especially during his time up in West Virginia, he doesn't have the same talent around him that he got so accustomed to having, right? You don't have all of these second and first round wide receivers. You don't have all you don't have the same play callers. You don't have everything's not the same, especially once you do leave a big program like Georgia and USC. So now he's gonna be looking for 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 his fourth different school. I really don't know where he's going to end up landing because I thought West Virginia, if anything, would have been a great fit. You know, his former offensive coordinator at USC, Graham Harrell, is an offensive coordinator at West Virginia. So just something to kind of monitor is we have yet another quarterback entering the transfer portal. And we also do have another quarterback entering the transfer portal as well. And it's the same guy that ended up replacing JT Daniels at USC, and that is Pitt quarterback Keaton Slovis. Now, Keaton Slovis, you know, transferred from USC and... A lot of it was due to the fact, too, you got a new regime coming in, right? You had Lincoln Riley bringing his star quarterback and Heisman winning quarterback now, Caleb Williams, with them. So Keaton Slovis knew that he, there was no way he was going to start over that. So he entered the transfer portal this past year and then decided to go to Pitt, right? We saw how much success that Pitt had with Kenny Pickett. And, you know, I don't blame him. I probably would have gone, too. And, well, this past season, just Keaton Slovis really struggled to get anything going, had a lot of turnover issues. Never really was able to throw the football really that effectively. So he's now going to be entering the transfer portal once again. But that largely is also going to be due in fact that Pitt got themselves a new transfer quarterback too. And that is in the form of former Boston College quarterback Phil Dracovich, who, which it's kind of funny to think just about two years ago, was really regarded as one of the top quarterback prospects, you know, in the NFL draft class for the class of 2023. But He's suffered a lot of injury issues. As we all know, Boston College had a real down year this year. I mean, they absolutely – I mean, I did not expect them to go 3-9 uh, and nine this year. I think it was 2-10, 3-9, something around there. So he is now transferring over to Pitt, which his former offensive coordinator at Boston College is now at Pitt. So that connection makes a real lot of sense. I think Phil will probably do a lot better than Keaton did at Pitt, just largely due to the fact that, well – He's got that connection. He's got that bond. And also, too, Phil, he's from the Pittsburgh area as well. So he's coming back home, and he's going to be in a system he's really comfortable with. So I think this might be a really good pick or pick up that gets kind of overlooked, right? You know, Pitt didn't have themselves their greatest year. You know, obviously, they lost Jordan Addison. They lost Kenny Pickett. But they had a really good running back, arguably one of the best running backs in the ACC this past year in Israel, Abanikanda. So... Maybe we see a revival of Pitt next year. Who knows? I think they'll do pretty solid. I'd say about seven and five, eight and four. You know, especially now that they have a new quarterback under the helm and Phil Dracovich, who is a lot more reliable than Keaton Slovis. Nothing against Keaton, but definitely is a better option than having him. Now, y'all, we do have a few more transfer portal news we're going to talk about. And you know, since we're on the you know, topic of talking about quarterbacks, one of the best quarterbacks in all of college football, and one of the best that's been in the Big Twelve the past few years. And Oklahoma State quarterback Spencer Sanders has announced that he will be entering the transfer portal as well. Now, this one kind of shocked me a little bit because it seemed like he was going to stay at Oklahoma State his entire career, right? He's already been there for about four years, still has another year of eligibility left, which I don't know how he does because it feels like he's been there forever. But he still has another year of eligibility. Is going to likely be looking to go to another bigger program in which they need an immediate quarterback. You can look at schools like Kentucky, Florida. I think he'll end up at an SEC school. 
It maybe potentially goes to the Pac-12, but I think it'll probably end up being in the SEC. Now, once again, it's not really shock necessarily because he has great arm talent. Dealt with some injury issues this year with his shoulder, which that really uh, hobbled him in the TCU game. But he also looked, but he's also had moments in which he just completely struggles with turnover issues. Right, like he will throw about two to three picks sometimes a game, but he still has a lot of raw talent that if properly developed can make him into one of the premier quarterbacks in all of college football. So once again, another great quarterback is entering the transfer portal. And Spencer Sanders, a guy who I've gotten accustomed to watching these past four years, who has absolutely murdered my TCU Horn Frogs, especially up in Stillwater, is now entering the transfer portal. So expect a pretty big-time program to probably go after him, especially a school that needs at least like one year to have a really reliable bridge quarterback. So Anyways, y'all, let's continue to talk about our transfer portal news. And, well, we did have some pretty big wide receivers and tight end tight end enter the transfer portal. And first we'll talk about some wide receivers, but the first one I want to talk about is going to be former four-star recruit and Alabama wide receiver Treshawn Holden. Now, Treshawn Holden, he dealt with a lot of drop issues this past year for the Crimson Tide, which is something that's always going to kind of – Especially as a wide receiver, I mean, you drop the football once, people are going to start to look at it like, oh, he just has butterfingers, right? Can't catch anything whatsoever. And that was kind of Trayshawn Holden's issue this past year. And also the fact that he's going to kind of get buried on the depth chart year after year after year. So he decided, I'm going to enter the transfer portal, find somewhere new to go. And, well, he found his new home. And it just so happens to be in the Pac-12 with the Oregon Ducks as he's going to be joining the Oregon Ducks and become their new wide receiver one after they've lost Dante Thornton, who is going to be probably going over to the SEC, so they kind of switch places a little bit. But Treshawn Holden is still a really good wide receiver. Like we talked about, former four-star recruit. He's also going to be joining an offense with Bo Nix, who is deciding to stay one more year. So that offense is still going to be really good for the Ducks. I know they've had a few key transfers leave out, and we're going to talk about one on the defensive side of the football, which might heavily impact them. But I think if Oregon, they're able to target a little bit more wide receivers and also be able to get some uh, defensive guys, which they also did from an Iowa transfer, if they're also able to target a little bit more on the offensive side of the football in terms of getting transfers, I think this Oregon team is going to once again kind of relapse what they got last year. And especially with having Bo Nix back, who's going to be looking to be able to have a real good Heisman candidate type of season. So great pickup for the Oregon Ducks and getting former Alabama wide receiver Trayshawn Holden. Now, y'all, we're going to go back to the SEC, and we're going to go to South Carolina, actually. And this was a guy that transferred over from Oklahoma with Spencer Sanders and went to South Carolina. And then we're talking about former OU tight end and now current South Carolina tight end, Austin Stogner. Now, Austin was a really good tight end during his time at OU. You know, very, very much a red zone type of guy that just big body, you know, able to kind of throw the football up to him. He's going to guarantee catch it right well, during his time at um, South Carolina, never really was utilized, I think, the way he wanted to, largely due in fact that South Carolina just had a tight end room that was absolutely loaded. So he decided to enter the transfer portal and just so happened to enter the transfer portal and immediately is heading back to OU. So OU, they're getting a big-time weapon on the offensive side of the football, a guy that they are very much going to need and a guy that they very much missed this past year because you could definitely tell OU – they always really like to use their tight ends with guys like Mark Andrews, Grant Calcaterra, and you know not having a guy like Blake Bell even a little bit back in the day. So now they're getting their former starting tight end back in Austin Stogner after a one-year break in South Carolina. So I guess he just missed home a little bit, but also, too, 
I think Oklahoma was a better fit from him from the beginning. I think he kind of thought him and, and Spencer Sanders could be that one-two tandem in the SEC, but it just did not work out that way. So, OU fans, be excited because you're getting back another great tight end, and it just so happens to be a guy that used to play for your football team. Now, y'all, for our next news we're going to talk about, we're going to go back to Oregon. And this was a guy that I just mentioned previously. They lost a really key guy on defense. And this was one of the top recruits. And, I mean, one of the top recruits in the class of 2023, a top 10 player in the nation. And, of course, we're going to be talking about former five-star recruit and Oregon linebacker Justin Flo. Now, Justin Flo, if you've watched his high school tape, this guy is probably one of the more physical linebackers you will ever watch. I mean, the way he will literally pick up a kid and throw him like a rag doll, and it's pretty much effortlessly. He also has the physique of a literal Greek god. You can look it up for yourself. I mean, dude has got all those memes where it's like, you know, he's talking to the dad or whatever, and the dad's like, oh, yes, sir. You know, just something like that. Like, this guy is literally the definition of somebody you do not want to see if you are running up the middle of the ball, or up the middle of the field, right? And he's dealt with a decent amount of injury issues last year during the 2021 season his season got ended shortly due to a torn acl this year really kind of got his career back in chance i think he dealt with a few injury issues but you know the kind of his biggest thing and very similar to a lot of guys that you'll see enter the transfer portal is always kind of injury issues you know and well this wasn't this one was kind of a little bit shocking but I mean, not at the same time because I think there's just going to be a bigger program or probably I could say almost Georgia is going to end up landing them because, I mean, Georgia, they do need some help at linebacker. And, well, now that Oregon linebacker Justin Flo is entering, it's a perfect time for them. So now with Justin Flo entering the transfer portal, Oregon loses arguably one of their best defensive players but also one of the best defensive players and raw talents in all of college football is entering the transfer portal. So another name that we need to yet watch out for, especially if a SEC school like Bama or Georgia ends up landing him because, once again, he was a top-10 player in the class of 2020, which was just a few years ago. He still has, I think, I think it's three years of eligibility left, and I think depending on if he uses a red shirt or not, could still have up to four. So still a really, really high-level player that has entered the transfer portal. Now, y'all, Let's talk about some head coaching news, and we really only have one head coaching news to talk about in this game, and this is going to be talking about former Purdue head coach Jeff Brom. Now, Jeff Brom, what he's been able to do at Purdue has been absolutely amazing. You know, Purdue, when he got when he got there after being the head coach at Western Kentucky, they were absolutely the bottom feeder of the Big Ten, right? You know, before it was, you know, before Nebraska and Illinois and all those schools were legitimately the laughing stock, or Northwestern, I guess you could say, of the Big Ten, that was where Purdue was, right? But Jeff Brom comes in, recruits really well, gets a bunch of really good NFL talent guys, especially on the offensive side of the football. You know, we've seen it with guys like David Bell, who's at, who's now with the Cleveland Browns, Rondell Moore, who's now with the Arizona Cardinals. And you also got George Car- George Karloftis on the defensive side of the football, who was a second-round pick, for, or a first-round pick for the Kansas City Chiefs in this past year's draft. Or, yeah, second-round second, second pick, my bad, not first-round. first, first round. So he's been able to recruit – he was able to recruit really well to a school in the Big Ten, which normally does not get recruits like that, and – also led them to a few successful seasons, one being the 2018 season in which they were just completely on, completely on upset alert, beat Wisconsin at home, beat at the time a top five team in Ohio State at home. So Jeff Brom has previous success, and his biggest thing has always been being a great recruiter. And 
well, you know, on the Louisville side of things, they lost Scott Satterfield, which is not really that big of a loss for them because I think they were kind of trying to find a way to either fire him, you know, re release him, or just simply buy him out. So Scott Satterfield was on his way out of Louisville. And then, you know, for Jeff Brom, that's his alma mater. He played quarterback there for, I think, about three or four years and, you know, has, has a lot, and I mean, has a lot of, you know, love for that school. And once that job opened, I think we all immediately knew who was going to be the top candidate, and it was going to be Jeff Brom. And well, Jeff Brom decided, you know what, I'm gonna go back home. And that's actually what what happened is Jeff Brom is now the new head coach of the Louisville Cardinals, and I think this is going to be really good for Louisville recruiting wise as well because. Louisville already has a really stacked 2023 recruiting class. They were they have recruited so well out on the West Coast, especially in the school of St. John Bosco, which is number one in the nation. They got their quarterback, Pierce Clarkson, a four-star coming over there. They've got some defensive guys and some offensive guys coming over. And then that's not even talking about all of the other guys they've got coming on. They've got some offensive line recruits coming. So Louisville is in a really good spot right now with Jeff Brom, and I think this is going to end up being one of the better hires of the offseason. So great hire by Louisville going out and getting their future head coach in Jeff Brom. Now, y'all, since we're done talking about transfer portal news, we're done talking about head coaching news, let's talk about some really big recruiting news that we had going on. We had three really big-time recruits that finally decided where they were going to be going. And to kick it all off before we get into the 2023 class, let's talk about the one 2024 class player, which is an absolute elite player, top 25 type of guy. And we're going to be talking about 2024 elite five-star quarterback DJ Lagway out of Willis, Texas. Now, DJ is literally a big body type of quarterback. He plays baseball. He's going to play baseball at this new school he just committed to. You know, he's 6'2", about 220, 30 pounds. I mean, this guy is an absolute monster. And he still has one more year of high school football to develop a little bit more as well. Now, he held offers from pretty much every school in the nation. Alabama, Texas A&M, LSU, Georgia, USC. You know, had all these big-time programs. And, you know, he, he kind of his final was, I think, Baylor, LSU, USC, and a few others, Clemson and Florida. And, well, DJ, he would announce his commitment. And he announced that he will be joining Billy Napier and the Florida Gators, which for me... It makes sense because he, if he doesn't want to play quarterback, he can always go and become an athlete type, you know, a guy that can eventually go to, like, tight end or something. But for me, I thought there was a lot of better options, and that includes, you know, probably LSU. Heck, not not, not USC because they already got Malachi Nelson. But for Florida, you know, they're getting a, another really big-time quarterback recruit in Jaden Rashada in the 2023 recruiting class who they flipped from Miami. So it kind of was kind of like an eyebrow-raising moment where it's like, okay, could he have gone to another school like A&M, for example, and probably been able to have a lot more success? Absolutely. Get playing time a lot early on. But at the same time, this might be a thing where he wants to sit and develop, wants to be able to take a year or two off before he gets back into that starting role. So regardless, Billy Napier and them get one of the top recruits in the 2024 class and one of the more sought-after recruits in five-star quarterback DJ Legway. So great pickup for Billy Napier and his staff down there in Gainesville. Now, y'all, for our final two news of today's episode, it's going to be in the 2023 class, and we're going to be talking about two of the best running back recruits in the entire class. But first, we're going to talk about the number one running back in the 2023 class, and that's going to be five-star running back and Louisville commit Reuben Owens. Now, Reuben Owens decided after the Scott uh, Scott Satterfield you know, news of him leaving to go to Cincinnati, he decided that he would actually decommit 
from Louisville, which doesn't really come as a shock because no offense, it was probably majorly a money move. And with Scott Satterfield not being there, that probably negated pretty much all the agreements they had. So Ruben Owens and, and a move that a lot of us ex expected him to do, he decided to decommit. Now, what schools did he be looking at? The biggest one, which everybody was already predicting, was Texas A&M because of what they've been able to do for running backs with guys like Devin Achain, uh, Isaiah Spiller, you know, Travion uh, Williams. You know, they've got a great, you know, record of a lot of good running backs coming out of that program, especially here recently, right? You got Isaiah Spiller with the Chargers. Devon A. Chain's probably going to end up being a day two type of guy in the draft. So, and also too, money definitely is not going to be an issue when it comes to A&M being able to give it to a player via NIL. So, A&M was one of them. Texas was another, which... I think Texas was completely out of it due to the fact that they already have one of the top running backs as well in the 2023 class in Cedric Baxter. So it really came down to Texas A&M and TCU, which a lot of people were kind of shocked about. But Ruben Owens had been showing a lot of interest to TCU. But ultimately, this one would kind of be a no-brainer because a few short hours after he committed or after he decommitted from Louisville, Ruben Owens would immediately commit to Texas A&M. Now, this probably was something that had been in the works for a while now because, and I kid you not, literally about two to three hours after he decommits, he posts something on Instagram of him saying, you know, commitment tonight, make sure y'all tune in. So this was something that has already been previously discussed about. I think he finally realized Louisville was not the way to go. Nothing against Louisville because, once again, like we talked about a few minutes, few minutes ago, They've got a really good 2023 recruiting class, but money talks, right? You know, and also, too, A&M's in the SEC. Every kid wants to play in the SEC. You know, regardless of where you're from, you want to be able to play at the highest level of college football, and especially at a program like Texas A&M, and I'll give it to them. You know, it hurts me to say, but with A&M, you're going to be playing in front of one of the biggest stadiums in college football at Kyle Field, one of the most energetic fan bases in all of college football, and also you're going to be getting paid it by one of the biggest you know, biggest booster supporting schools in all the nation and A&M. So, regardless, it makes sense business-wise why he wants to go to A&M. And also, too, A&M, we give him a lot of crud about, you know, getting all these big-time recruiting classes and not being able to do much. Most previously this season when they went 5-7 and seven and didn't even make a bowl game. But I think if they continue to recruit well, they continue to make the right hires in terms of offensive staff, and they let and Jimbo Fisher will relinquish all of his play-calling duties I think A&M can be a you know a serious threat in college football. Now I'm not gonna overhype them like a lot of people did this past year. I still think they'll go about eight and four, nine and three at best this upcoming season. But getting a guy like Ruben Owens, who's probably gonna end up being your lead back for the next few years, is a really big pickup for Jimbo Fisher and the Texas A&M Aggies. Now, y'all, for our final news that we're going to talk about in Episode 3 of Catching Up with College Football, we're going to go out to Colorado. And Colorado, up there in Boulder, they are having the time of their life right now. And for a lot of good reasons. You know, you fired, uh, I can't remember his name, you fired your former head coach, who was absolutely horrendous. And, you know, despite finishing the year 1-11, and 11, you go out and you pick up primetime Deion Sanders to become your next head coach. Now, Say all you want about Dion, what he's been able to do at Jackson State, a program which has been historically horrendous. You know what I'm saying? But outside of getting, outside of producing guys like Walter Payton, they've been horrendous for the most part, right? Goes into the HBCU level, absolutely revitalizes it, gets a lot more attention drawn to him, and you know, literally allows for Jackson State to have an undefeated season. They win their conference. They're going to the Celebration Bowl. 
you know, does such, such an amazing job. And a large, a large factor of that is recruiting. We know Deion Sanders is going to be able to get those big-time name players no matter where he is. And, well, with Deion going to the Power 5 level, it's going to be a lot more attractive for recruits because, well, now they won't be going down to the FCS level playing at smaller college football. They're now going to be going and playing in the Pac-12, going up against teams like USC, going up against teams like Oregon, Washington, and those big-time programs. And it all makes a bunch of sense, right? It makes a bunch of sense. It's an attractive destination. Colorado may not be the biggest Pac-12 team, may not be the biggest Power 5 team, but there's a lot of availability for Deion Sanders to be able to recruit be able to properly you know do what he wants because once again Colorado is in a place right now where they're kind of at the moment of okay we just need to do whatever we possibly can and if Deion Sanders has the right recipe we're gonna let him do whatever he wants and well Deion Sanders has been doing exactly exactly that since he arrived there up in Boulder as immediately as he gets on the job they pick up 2025 elite wide receiver and five-star wide receiver Winston Watkins Jr., who had just recently decommitted from Texas A&M, and they pick him up. So that's a huge addition for the future in terms of Colorado football. But Colorado, they're needing a running back, right? And a, another school that Ruben Owens was considered to go to was Colorado. But obviously he ends up going to Texas A&M. So now Colorado, they're still looking for their next running back. And, well, Deion Sanders had himself a running back in mind, and it happens to be one of the speediest running backs in the 2023 class in a four-star running back, Dylan Edwards. Now, Dylan Edwards has kind of had an up-and-down recruiting journey, right? He's from Kansas. He was a Gatorade Player of the Year in Kansas, his home state. Um, originally committed to Kansas State, which makes a lot of sense. Normally, a lot of kids that are from Kansas, they end up going to K-State or end up going to a school nearby. But once he picks up an offer from Notre Dame, he decides to decommit from K-State and then go over to Notre Dame. Well, a few days before he commits to Colorado, he picks up a uh, he picks up an offer from Deion Sanders and the staff over at Colorado and then decommits from Notre Dame and then a day later says he's going to end up committing on December 21st. But I think about 48 hours after he made that post, he ends up committing to Deion Sanders and the, and the uh, Colorado Buffaloes which is not a bad destination for him to go, right? Deion Sanders and him are pretty much, like, close as heck. So it makes sense for him to go over to Colorado. Colorado needs a running back. Dylan Edwards is going to be able to immediately play his freshman year. Compared to where at Notre Dame, he wouldn't see as much playing time as he probably wanted to. Might even have to redshirt it his freshman year. So him going to Colorado makes a lot of sense. Deion Sanders, that was his guy. He wanted to get him, and large due to the fact is that he's really fast. Runs a 4-3-40, which is an absurd speed for a high school kid. So Deion Sanders is you know, definitely definitely working some things out up there in Boulder, and it's going to be interesting to see how many other recruits end up flipping or just committing to Deion Sanders in Colorado, and that's something we'll probably end up talking about in episode four of Catching Up With College Football. So guys, thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of catching up with college football i absolutely love doing these because well it gives us something to talk about in the offseason we're able to recap all of the crazy offseason news that's probably going to end up happening here in the 2023 uh, college football offseason so guys thank you so much for tuning in make sure you like comment share rate do whatever you can just to make sure that we continue to spread the cover seven podcast to everybody so that they can also stay up to date with anything college football and nfl related so guys Thank you so much for all your support. Thank you for consistently being here, and I will see you boys in the next one. Peace, y'all.